previously on Box Cutters. Wrap your eggs around my engine Together day with the Wrap your legs around my engine. Should be a euphemism, but it isn't. Like, I think it just means engine. He should mean penis, but if he meant penis, he wouldn't have said legs. When a man and a woman love each other... No, no, that's what I mean. You'd you'd say, you know... Wrap wrap your mouth around my engine. Well, no, no, that doesn't work either. It's got to be like, you know, wrap your piston sheath or something. It's got to be like, you know, if you're trying to make a... Put chick knife on my engine. That's what that was the original line. <laughs> I think he's genuinely talking about engines. I think he's that kind of guy. He's really talking about a motorbike. It doesn't mean cock. He means motorbike. Hey, this is a boring conversation we could be having on air. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 311. I'll wrap my legs around whichever engine I want. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. It's Box Cutters back with the 311 fears. Wait, what? that's 411, isn't it? What? The information. It's, so, <laughs> are you setting black thunders out now? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I think I think three I think 311 is a distress call. <laughs> Let me let me start again. Uh, I'd, from from the coldest box cutters ever, we're down to about six degrees Celsius here tonight. At our uh, delayed recording, Brett, you know we don't usually talk about what we wear on box cutters because it's a show all about television. But but I, I want to point out that that Brett Brett is wearing like four <laughs> or five layers. You are you are pushing the layered look. He's yeah. he's really. Uh, Actually, now that I've warmed up, I think I need to take off. Oh. You're, you're also colour blocking, which is which is still so hot. So right many now. different blues I'm wearing. <laughs> wow, it's just I, I've learnt so much about about my co-hosts. Uh, Box cutters is all about television, and later on in this episode, we're going to be speaking about Canadian television. Did you know they have uh, Television Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah it's yeah. in colour and everything. So, uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, a show called Continuum, not to be confused with the Victorian science fiction uh, convention <laughs> by the same name. Which did confuse me, and you had to send another text to make me understand so, what the hell we were going, talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> by the way, it's a show. Not that Continuum. Yeah, yeah. So we were reviewing Continuum. I thought, well, we, it was only two weeks well, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were there. What are we going to say? Yeah. Oh, we were there. It was pretty good. Yeah. Also, we've got some quotes. Uh, we've got uh, one thing, some pork. Uh, oh. I've got a tin Dalek. You do, you do have a I tin Dalek? I actually do, for those watching the video podcast. Josh, for some reason, just before the show, gave me a tin Dalek. Did you see, Brad? Ah. And like all Daleks, it's got a little bit of string wow. on its hand. Yeah, and, and collects money like Daleks. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. I've been, try- <laughs> I've been trying to think of... Uh, of a, a an exterminate joke that can also mean save. Oh, yeah. That would be yeah. great. Uh, um, if you come up with one, text us. <laughs> t- text us. Boxcutters.411. Or just stop one of our black thunders. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Boxcutters news. Coming up later on in the news, you'll hear all about Indian TV, but right now it's over to Brett with news about Channel 7. Channel 7 is in uh, somewhat uh, a spot of bother uh, after they made their announcements uh, that David Leckie was standing down as CEO, which we uh, spoke about briefly last week. Um, yeah, because he hurt his finger. This is my understanding from, from <laughs> what I remember from last week's news. He hurt his finger and now he's resigning. He almost died from septicemia, but that was a couple of years ago, Josh. Uh, so, so I don't know about any of this. Last week's news was like a weird stream of consciousness that just sort of moved from story to story without sort of landing on any of them. And I do remember a bit that... Because we did return. Well, back. yeah, but it boiled down to one station isn't rating as well as it did before, mm. which didn't strike me as news. It was more a gist. Because Channel 9 were uh, uh, defeating Channel 7 in the 
in the ratings. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even remember. But I mean, but well, John, what, you 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 edit you edit these shows I together. Do. Can I? Can Did I you make it make sense? No, I couldn't. But we, I couldn't even get what to cut last week. It just it just kept going, and I just thought I, I don't know anymore. Well, hang on. I can do a bit right now okay. that you can cut into last week's show <laughs> and make it make a, a bit more sense. Okay, yeah. you ready? You ready? Yeah. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutter's gist. <laughs> Does that work for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works for you. All right. So you cut that into last so, week's show. So no, I don't remember this whole scepter see me a finger thing. Was that was that valid? Do I need to remember that, that? That's like two years ago. This is like lost, isn't it? I can't keep up. It's anymore. like it's like two years ago, but it feels like yesterday. Okay. When David Leckie was creating magic at the Seven Network yeah. and 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 taking down finally still the One Channel Nine. Mm. Remember, um, when, remember when David Leckie invented Grant Denyer? He refused to go on sick leave because he'd, he'd cut his. Finger or thumb, and and on a roller door in a household incident, and um, ended up in hospital because it, it was it was all okay. infected, and the infection got in. It was bloody. He almost died. So it was how, at death's door. How is this relevant to now? Well, now he's he's left. <laughs> he's left the position of CEO of the network that he had so much loyalty to. So the, I think that, that was Brett's point so last week. Okay, okay, the finger thing. He was willing to put his life in jeopardy for okay. this network. No, I'm getting that now. It's like one of my mother's stories. Speaking of jeopardy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a perfect segue for you to do that. As Trebek had a heart attack, now he's better, but, you know, everyone's aware of that. Sorry, sorry, back to Channel 7. <laughs> I just, I, I see a segue. I have to go for it, even if we're not doing the news story. Um, as we spoke about last week, David Leckie uh, was on gardening duties, which which seems to be gardening leave. Gardening leave. A euphemism at the moment for for we didn't want him around the office, but we didn't want him going anywhere else, so we just paid him to to stay at home and garden. Right. Except now he's been promoted to to the head of Channel Seven Holdings or Seven. He's, Seven Holdings Group, or... I believe he's the director, uh, the executive director representing Seven Holdings on the board uh, there. So, so he's really getting paid a shitload of money for doing nothing. Um, there's no there's no talk about salaries or anything like that. So so Channel 7 now is, is um, headless. They've so got was, no, one, no well, one at the helm. It was expected that uh, a former News Corp... Uh, executive would be brought in to uh, take the helm. So someone, someone from a media company. Somebody from a media yeah, company. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, makes somebody, sense. somebody with a, with a history. A, good. A, I can, I can a, rest a easy good with that track record, as it were. Good. Yeah. That, well, that's great. That's great news. I can rest easy. But Channel out, Seven is in good hands. It did come out this morning that uh, former head of Woodside, Don Vault. Uh, would be brought in to take it over, who is uh, best known for his stint as the chief executive of the Petroleum Exploration Corporation, Woodside. That's, yeah, uh, that's, from that's, 2004 to 2011. So, no media background whatsoever. Right. I, I'm wondering if Kerry Stokes has just given up on, on the Seven Network. Kerry Stokes is from Western Australia. Yes. Uh, and Gina Reinhardt is from Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Has anyone seen the two of them in the same room at the same time? <laughs> is this another I'm example sure of happened. Gina Reinhart's villainy tipping over into Bondesk super villainy? I think I think it is. I think I think it's it's quite it's quite likely. Right. What I, Gina I, Reinhardt? I would imagine they'd cross over in the lobby of, of going in to, to instruct uh, the the head of the or do they? Or does Gina Reinhart exactly leave and then policies they want? And then a, a Gina Reinhart esque man with a fake mustache <laughs> and glasses coming going. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, I just missed Gina Reinhardt. I am someone else. Kerry Stokes. I'm Kerry Stokes now. <laughs> now. I, I mean, I've <laughs> always been Kerry Stokes. Oh, I think I see Gina Reinhardt coming back in. <laughs> I would watch that show. I would I would so watch that show. Uh, John Richards, you've been looking at the latest ACMA report. <laughs> Have I? Into uh, in, into uh, Australian content on on television in 2011. Yes, it's it's about the compliance with the Australian content standards because of course there are you know a certain limit for minimum limits that if must we, be met. If we don't have a minimum standards, then the uh, the the media organisations in this country will just take the cheap way out and buy in uh, cheap well, US imports. Well, that that, that is yeah, that is true basically. Yeah. But I mean, it was interesting reading through this report though. This is for seven, nine, and ten for 2011 and. Uh, it's interesting to see there was worry that they would be using a lot of New Zealand programming because New Zealand now apparently is Australia for 
Oh, it has been for some time. For legal reasons. Yeah, no, it has, has been since the uh, Australian-New Zealand Free Trade Agreement. There was some weird stuff, like, for example, for Channel 7's first release Australian drama, the film Knowing is included in there. Knowing, which is? Which is the, the film in which Nicolas Cage has to stop the world being destroyed oh, running around America. Filmed, filmed in Melbourne. Filmed in Melbourne. Not set. Produced by whom? I don't know, but it's, it's down here as being Australian drama, which was a little bit surprising. The weirdest one is that the uh, Channel 10, when it comes to New Zealand drama, uh, the proportion of New Zealand drama representing Australian drama, it's 33.37% of all Australian drama is in fact New Zealand drama, which includes the Almighty Hang on, Johnson's can you say that number again? Thirty-three point three seven percent. So a little over a third. Yeah, a little bit more than a third. Is of that a, is that just on Channel Ten or? It's overall? just Channel Ten. So basically, each channel has a breakdown here. So um, go, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne is in Knowing. She is. So that's already heaps. So it's getting worse. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's heaps. If it Australian. wasn't bad enough, now it's got Rose Byrne. Actually, that's me. I met her once. She's lovely. I just don't like her acting. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn's in it. Ben Men. Totally Aussie. Yeah. Liam Hemsworth. Also, Channel 7. This is the thing. Channel 7 passes with flying colours, the Australian drama thing, except that when it comes to documentary, 34.97% of their first release Australian documentaries are New Zealand, including uh, Border Patrol, Coast Watch, Dog Patrol, Drug Bust, Nurses, SCU, Serious Crash Unit, and Wild Vets. Uh, but then they'll be fine on the other. So it's kind of weird that across the board, no one channel is particularly doing anything egregiously wrong. It's academic. Still exists. That surprised me. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. It's, Where? I know. On one of the channels. Um, <laughs> <Is> <laughs> on this, seven, in fact. Really? Is this because we're not making any good commercial well, TV? that is the one depressing thing is when you look at something like Channel 7's output, because 7 in particular has done... Yeah, you know, a large amount of of drama, and yet none of it's you know, none of it's good. I mean, it's not. I was saying before the weird thing about it is it's not even that you wouldn't necessarily want to ever watch an episode of Pack the Rafters again. It's more that I can't even imagine anyone in ten years nostalgically looking back and reminiscing on having seen Pack to the Rafters. I think Pack to the Rafters will have less fondness uh, in in people's memories than say something like a Country Practice. Yeah, I think I think. I think it will. I think people Is that because we've got less water coolers to stand around and talk about it the next day? Because it's not appointment TV anymore? Because the country we're all... practice strikes me as having had a wider range of characters in it. So there was perhaps more for people to it actually... It was a whole town rather than just two, two houses. Yeah. This list is kind of that thing of this is an entire year's worth of commercial network product. And I just kind of wish there was more in it somehow. Uh, so, so look, I mean, this thing, they're passing, uh, but it would be nice if they wanted to do more than pass. You know, try and excel. But, don't but don't but try think, and, and scrape and this is, through. This is only on their, on their main channels, isn't it? Yeah, only the doesn't, main channels. doesn't count on the digital... No, no. So, for example, Neighbours isn't listed anywhere on this um, because they're now, you know, not uh, multi-channel. But then, uh, we were talking last week and I got confused. Uh, multi-channels have no requirement for Australian content? Is that not at this true? Point. No. Yeah. But they've got, it's an interesting report to flip through and have a look at. Um, I would recommend you do that. Where can I find this report, Josh? Uh, you can find a link to it on the Box Cutters website. Oh, that or, does sound convenient. Yeah, yeah, that's probably easier than going to ACMA yeah. or the ACMA. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's the ACMA.gov or whatever. <laughs> I think that's it, actually. The ACMA.gov or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, Which, has, and then, and then you got to search for it. Uh, we'll put a link. We'll put a link up. There's on lots the, of lovely uh, coloured graphs in it as well, so you'll enjoy. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, are they three D graphs? Uh, they do. If I do this, hey, <laughs> can, can I? Because I've, I've firm views about. Oh, they are. They are three D graphs. I've firm views about three D graphs and how terrible they are for actually reading. And that is the box cutters news. 2077. My time, my city, my family. When terrorists killed thousands of innocents, they were condemned to die. They had other plans. A time travel device sent us all back 65 years. I want to get home, but I can't be sure what I will return to if history is changed. Their plan? To corrupt and control the present in order to win the future. What they didn't plan on was me. So, as you, uh, as you heard just then, uh, Continuum is a Canadian take on life on Mars, but instead of uh, us being 
in the present and seeing a police person go back into the past. We're in 1977 and a police person comes into our time. No. Except we're not in 1977. No. We're in 2012 yeah. and a police person from 2077 comes into our time. Also into our Vancouver. I just wanted to point this out because I lived in Vancouver for a year, and Vancouver is famously. Ooh, look at me, every, every well, no, I'm sure to say it's it's no, it's a very boring place. Vancouver is where they film any kind of low budget American science fiction show. Like it, it is actually X, a lot of X Files was uh, shot in Vancouver. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. until they realized it was popular, and then they moved it away because <laughs> that's the thing is that you know, they film things like you know, strange ripoffs of Knight Rider. There, there was one I kept seeing some supercar show. Every, I'd walk around and filming all the time. It is so weird. For me to watch a show that's been filmed in Vancouver, which is set in Vancouver, it was genuinely actually freaking me out occasionally because we're so used to suspension of disbelief with Vancouver having to pretend that it's somewhere else, usually Seattle, that to actually watch it being Vancouver, it was genuinely a, a, bit, a bit odd occasionally. Also, boy, does that place have a lot of Starbucks, which I remember. Oh, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. It's, endless, it's constant in the background I, I, of shots. Not product placement either. It's just you can't not you, film Starbucks. You can't, you can't run away. There's, there's that one corner... Uh, that had a Starbucks on one intersection that had Starbucks on three corners, yeah. And on the fourth corner was a sad other coffee shop. Uh, I remember from my uh, thirty-six hours in uh, in mm. Vancouver, threw up in the street outside of Starbucks, right. unavoidable, <laughs> <laughs> As, absolutely, absolutely unavoidable. Uh, so yeah, so it's 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 life on Mars in the future, uh, except instead of someone being in a coma and going back into the past. Uh, they have accidentally uh, followed a group of terrorists back into the past to stop them, uh, to stop a tyrant from be- a, a, a corporate tyrant from becoming a dictator. Well, we'll, we'll get to that, but the moment it's actually um, you're assuming it was accidental. It's time cop, really, isn't it? I mean, it's actually the plot, of but without cop. the holographic cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's yeah, Terminator. Which they actually do in episode five deliberately make a Terminator joke. Yes, oh, they do. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've actually got. I've to not, I've not got up point. to uh, episode five as yet. I want to start with Mr. Cropley because it was your idea. We watched this. Mm-hmm. What you was your take? You pushed it. Why you did you? Why it. did you bring this to the group, Brett? Um, well, I, I suggested it uh, for for a week with you, John, because it was sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what makes you think John likes sci-fi? Was pretty much it, really. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was that was, <laughs> right, that's, that's the that extent was, of your thought. Something new that was on. Um, well, I, I I brought it to the group having having not watched it and uh, and thought uh, looks looks smick. And what did you think? Um, I really liked it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I, I really liked it. Um, well, it it does deal with that that paradox of time travel um, about if I if I go into the past and and I don't sleep with my mother, then does that affect what happens to me now as the future me? <laughs> Did you think about don't sleep back? with your mother? Is that the- <laughs> Well, yeah, you're, I'm, you're I'm, taking the grandfather principle to you. You have to sleep with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> when time travelling, always sleep with your mother. Well, that's that's the whole Fry problem, isn't it? Because he is his yeah, own yeah, grandfather. Yeah. Um, which, which you know, uh, Terminator is all about. It's about coming back and, and killing the mother of, of John Connor, yeah. who, who turned out to be, be a, a big charismatic leader of people. Um, I, I quite like your mother, Brett. I don't want to kill her. Do you want to sleep with her? No, that was the Terminator. I don't, I don't want to sleep that with her. That was T-1000. Oh, do you want to sleep with the Terminator? Yeah. She's hot. <laughs> so, we've established that Terminator is hot and I neither want to sleep with or kill your mother, Brad. I think this has been a successful review. Okay, well, this is the thing. I wanted to talk about the show because I also wanted to get Brad's take on this. I can't decide. Episode 5 is now tipping me one way slightly more than the other. But I can't decide whether the show is terrible or supreme genius. Really? And the thing I can't tell, and the only reason I, I have really been propelled to keep watching is I'm, I'm fascinated by it is that the thing you touched on before, it's not mentioned in that opening credits thing we just played, but the future she's come from is a corporate-run dictatorship. The terrorists are actually fighting for freedom and democracy. Yes, yes. Which I, I, I Which find they, is a really yeah, interesting Yeah, and, and the hero is there trying to defend a dictatorship. And then you kind of go, okay, so the, the thing is that, that she's on the wrong side and she'll realise. But the terrorists are then shown to be incredibly brutal. Like, they, they, are, they are, you know, the show is going out of its way to say, no, they are the bad guys. She is the good guy. And I'm constantly watching going, but she's not. She's the bad guy and they're the good guys. And I don't understand. And I keep... You don't understand who you're supposed, well, supposed to root well, for. Oh, that's the thing. And I, and I, well, things or I don't, Barrick I, in this country. Yeah. I don't trust the show to be clever enough to be doing it deliberately. I guess the thing oh, is really? I'm not convinced. And every so often I worry that this is just some weird 
Ayn Rand loving libertarian <laughs> fantasy of the future. And uh, I actually went around because there's not a lot of stuff to read online, but I actually read some people today. I read a quote from the guy who made it saying, well, if you took someone from 1947 to the current day, they'd probably think this was a, a, a terrible corporate run you know, society, but it's fine to us. And I read someone else going, really, but everything looks fine it. in the future. And in fact, everything we see of the future does look fine. Everyone seems quite affluent. You know, um, episode four, there's a speech from Kagami about how people are, are living in debt their entire lives. But yes. the show, let's think, I can't decide if the show is brilliantly clever by having set this up and is not playing on it or playing it later. But I'm not sure the show's just not aware of it. Really? That's the thing. I'm really aware of it. Go go back a little bit. Who is Kagami? Uh, Kagami is the leader of the terrorists. The charismatic leader from the future. And that's the thing too. Uh, The other thing I have, actually, which goes hand in hand with this whole not knowing quite how clever the show is going to be or wants to be or is being, is I can't decide if the lead character, lead actor, is doing a superb job of playing a button-down, slightly repressed woman or is just a terrible, terrible actor. And again, I still could go either way on that. And I'm beginning to think she's possibly just awful. <laughs> but it's that thing of the only vaguely interesting characters so far have been Kagami and Kellogg, one of the other terrorists. They're the only two people you seem to have any sympathy for whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Even though clearly you're meant to be going, yes, I want this woman to get back to her husband and child. Even to the point, and this uh, see, again, this and they, they make something of that 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 you know she's a mother, she's a mother, goddammit. she's a mother, and, and she needs to get back to a to a six year old child because she she's a mother, it's he, a child. He sent her with reinforcements, though. Yeah, you know, that, you know. but even down to the point where she's at least let one murderer go free. A little bit of spoilers here, but I'm trying not to do anything specific. But yeah, one murderer has gone free. She's forced someone to have a child who clearly they shouldn't have, and. The episode five plot is based around the, the the terrorist doing something so horrible, so villainous, it turns out she suggested it in episode two. It's actually, they even say, oh yeah, that was actually your idea, which it was. And and I'm going, this should be like the Sopranos of time travel. This should be, you know, Mad Men. But I'm, I'm not sure the ambiguity is, I just can't decide how much this ambiguity is meant to be clever and intended and how much is just terrible terrible maybe it's all just her thing. dream because because also her cover was was her idea but there's still no inkling of her really kind of realizing what the hell's going on not not saying anything wrong with the corporate yeah. driven civilization where there is no government everybody's eternally in debt to the corporations yeah. and and really don't have an out episode three mm-hmm. in episode three the kid now we have we haven't mentioned the kid uh, oh, which which kid? The the kid the kid who is uh, in our time in our time helping Who's her on the, on the uh, special experimental the, frequency the experimental frequency which this is okay so things like experimental frequency yep. uh, made me think that the show was terrible right I hear experimental frequency and I think well that's not a thing shut up dumb show <laughs> this should be working right? I, I don't understand exper- how you're talking right. about it experimental free it's, it's, it's crap it's bullshit science but I actually quite like this and so to just explain there's a 17 I'm, I'm guessing 17 year old something around then uh, lives with his parents his kid. in a barn he's invented a communication he doesn't live in a barn he, he, <laughs> he spends set, a lot of time in a barn he's set up his own bat cave yeah he's basically a bat cave with all this technology he's developing stuff he's developed the communication system which will be the one that when she's a cop in the future is the standard used communication system so when so she, she comes can, back she can talk to him she can talk to him in her head like a schizophrenic yeah. and that is uh that, that's a kind of interesting twist she, so he ends up being uh the guy who looks stuff up for her quickly on on the internet and champion uh, googler is the greatest the greatest hacker of all time and hey but the, the networks of this of this time have no security whatsoever i'm fine it's, with all that though actually i like and i actually like the relationship between the two of them and i like the fact that they they basically never meet more or less which is quite interesting in itself but uh his stepfather mm-hmm. has a meeting where he starts talking about the evils of the corporations and how we will all be slaves to the corporations. Well, the stepfather's obviously part of like an Occupy Wall Street type movement. Right. He has that meeting in episode three. It's the first we hear of it. And and it's one of those things. Isn't there a meeting in the first episode? It's, it's in the first episode they're having one, but we don't know what it is yet. Yeah, we don't, don't really know. It's, 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 it could be Weight Watchers. It could be. <laughs> right, it's, it could, it could be, be the world's most intense Weight Watchers. It could be a Tupperware party. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we start to... Uh, you know, 
experimental frequencies aside, there is clearly a very intricate plot uh, in terms of the uh, 65-year rise of the corporations and the resistance movement all coming from the same block of land in 2012. And... Uh, and I find that fascinating. It's it's little things like that that makes me think people have really thought this through. This is quite a, an intricate show. In each episode, there are tiny bits that are horrible yeah, and tiny yeah. bits that are just fantastic. Again, in episode three, one of the best action fight sequences I've seen in a TV show in a very long time. In the kitchen? Yeah. 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 Just, just superb. So, so there's that. But and then there's there'll, also then there'll be a ham-fisted montage with some terribly chosen song playing over the top of it. Right. This is what I mean. The show, it, and I keep watching the show, going, "Are you a good show or a bad show? Just let me know one way or the other." In episode five, I thought, "Oh no, no, you're a bad show. You're definitely a bad show." And then describing it to someone today, I kind of went, "Actually, that all sounds kind of clever." And I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it was meant to look terrible. Maybe she's because if she's being a manipulating cow for the whole thing, that actually makes her both a more interesting character, or indeed a character. And <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 that episode five in particular thing deals with the time paradox, and so she but, but all she had stuff, to do what she did. You no, know, but things she didn't have to because she, she was aware of who. Yeah, who she but was she's talking still to. manipulating people around her to get her own end. Sure, that's, that's but, the, but perhaps that always happened. Each episode starts with a flashback, which is a flashback to her, a flash forward for yeah. us. They're not necessarily in the same order. I, th- that stuff is great, you know. Um, the, the future, uh, this deliberate not giving you information is really interesting for a TV show to deliberately not tell you stuff. And when it does tell you stuff, it tells you, it, it assumes you're keeping up with the plot to a point where I got lost a couple of times and realized that they had actually covered the thing I was confused by, but in like a one line of dialogue and I wasn't paying enough attention. That's great. But then I get to, yeah, mo- the montages and the fact that the, the, the lead character, and she's got a partner we didn't even mention who's just a slab of beef. And <laughs> uh, you know, uh, her, her, uh, her 2012 partner. Yeah, her cop partner. Because uh, she's working in the cop department. Yeah, who is, who is kind, of, kind of useless, but then also really good in a fight sequence. Yeah. If you Google that guy's name on, on Google Images, they're all shirtless pictures. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was trying to work out what I'd seen him in. He was in Charmed and stuff. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I really can't get whether this is a terrible show or a great show. It's only 10 episodes long. So the fact that I'm halfway through and I still don't think they've really done much with the stuff I think is interesting. And I'm sitting through the procedural stuff, which I'm not that taken by. I, I Yeah, I mean, up to episode four, I was going, okay, I'm going to keep watching this. I can't imagine ever watching it again. And I'm kind of curious to know whether it is some bizarre libertarian Fox Network plan <laughs> to indoctrinate our children into waiting for the corporate overlords to take over, or if it's a good show. And I, I, I yeah, I'm thinking it's probably not. It it reminds me a lot of uh, well, not it reminds me of, but it brings to mind this what what could be a modern trend in a mix of procedural, like modern day procedural and. Uh, and really interesting storytelling. So, so we've got Continuum, which has a procedural, but there's time travel involved and experimental frequencies and uh, and good versus evil and do we ever really know which is which kind of thing going on. Uh, and then we've also things like Awake, uh, which was also a procedural with with a huge twist in it. Uh, is this the only way we can get good ideas? past network heads to, to put the procedural, I, procedural bit in there. I, yeah. did, I did look for, because this is the funny thing too about, uh, this is the sort of show if it was American, there'd be like so much information, so much debate and so much discussion online. Canadians, so there's not so much. It's quite hard to find people talking about it. But is it screening in the States? No, it's been, it's been sold to a whole bunch of uh, places so far. It's only shown, I think, in Canada, but it's, only, it's been sold to a bunch of places, but not the US yet, as far as I can tell. But the showrunner creator, um, and again, I can't even find anything from him to indicate you know, where he goes politically on this. Simon Barry. Simon Barry was saying that he was trying to get it up and, and the only way to get a science fiction show up for him was to make it a procedural. That was the idea, that basically the procedural was going to let him make a science fiction show. In right. fact, the first five, ten minutes, which I think, Josh, you said you actually hated when it was in the future, I was interested and was so disappointed when they came back to 2012 because I went, oh, well, I've seen this. This is a time cop. Everyone's done this. This is tedious. And I still find most of that a bit tedious. And what I really missed from that is I would like more of that Life on Mars moments to see 
in the first episode, the bit where she goes into the hotel, she, chalk, uh, she books into a hotel. In which? In the first episode. She strokes the bedspread, she smells, I think, the soap, and she runs her hands under some water. And I loved yeah. those Coming moments. Under a tap. It was, yeah, under a tap. And it was so clearly setting up for her, this was the equivalent to Sam Tyler being back in the 1970s and having a black and white telly. Or what, yeah, like it was that thing of, I thought it was a really lovely moment to kind of go, and I want more of that. I want to be convinced she's from the future, which I very rarely am. And I would like to think that there's, yeah, if you're a set thing, it feels to me like it's just a gimmick to make a fairly boring procedural slightly more interesting rather than actually exploring that world. Yeah, and, and that's that's where the show really falls down, I think. the There's so much promise here. Uh, I don't... I, I don't get the, uh, the 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 reluctance to to explore that that extra side, except for the fact that uh, we know that science fiction doesn't rate in prime time. There's no way that you can show it. Uh, the it, you know it just unless you start mixing it with other things, which is which is what Lost did, uh, and you know what Awake does, and and what uh, or did. Uh, and what continuum does uh you take you take something that people can recognize can can hook into i think one of the problems with with continuum is that first 10 minutes if you had started with uh with a pro- police procedural and then gone oh well actually it's gone mad quite quickly and she's actually from the future mm-hmm. uh i think people would be hooked a little bit more i probably would have turned off quicker uh I, and I and I haven't turned off. I mean, every episode ends in a fantastic way. I want to see the next episode, and then I start watching the next episode, and I'm disappointed up until about eh, halfway to two thirds of the way through, and then I go, "Oh, this is really good." I think I'm mostly disappointed, but I'm also a bit uncomfortable because I just don't know. But I mean, you, you're you're obviously still taken with it, right? Mm, you're, mm, yeah. What I'm, about her I'm, though? Do you find because I find her uh, I find her, actually you know both her and and Carlos so under anything like i can't work out if they're boring characters being well played or or well, i think you know, i think there was like a, a, a little shadow that came over a shadow of a doubt that, that came over her in in episode five that maybe she she is about to see that the problems about corporation running civilization um so 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 you think like she's going to change her mind? There's but, just so much potential. This is my problem. Yeah. I think it is full of potential. I agree. It's it's. But that's the thing. I'm. I guess I'm not feeling any of that. And it's weird to see a show that it so clearly taps into, you know, the Occupy Wall Street movement and uh, into the the collapse of places like Greece. And and there's there's so much like real world stuff that could be in a Battlestar Galactica way could be being addressed mm. here. And I kind of feel isn't for the it, most part it just it just misses the mark i find the little girl from the tv quite scary that that's life on mars oh, that's a great show <laughs> <laughs> so that's continuum it's on uh show showcase Case in in canada uh look i'm i'm sure you'll be able to find it on dvd very shortly uh if it hasn't already been sold to uh a, a Probably a cable channel, or it feels like a Channel Ten. Thing. Yeah, New Zealand's bought it apparently. Right. Oh. Well, the, watch well it then, there. Then it'll appear here as Australian content soon. We really do need a thing for this. I was going to come. I had a list. So I've been watching Bollywood Star, or I was watching Bollywood Star, except I was watching it on the Thursday night on SBS Two, as I mentioned last week, but. Because SBS really loves that rating bonanza that is Saturday night uh, at seven thirty. That's when they were showing Bollywood Star. So uh, the In MythBusters time, the finale. Because uh, also SBS, in just amazing, amazing ways, uh, did a reality TV show, uh, like a reality TV competition, in four episodes. So episode four was the finale. It wasn't the live final. It's it's like the voice actually as, following yeah, its promotion. Yeah. Uh so you know, the voice has seven thirty Saturday as a repeat. Uh and uh SBS had Bollywood Star as the first run, and then the repeat was on a Thursday night. Uh so I already know who won, because uh, David Knox spoiled that. Uh just in the in the headline 
Did he manage to put a picture of a topless guy next to it? Have you noticed any excuse <laughs> that website has to put some kind of guy with a shirt off? It's, really? It's hilarious. Really? I haven't looked at it start, for a while. Start looking for it now. You'll be surprised how often he can find the connection <laughs> between, you know, Laurie Oaks is ill. Here's a nude guy. <laughs> 1975 yeah, yeah. running Laurie Oaks. Yeah. <laughs> Laurie Oaks is ill and looks nothing like this. Let's <laughs> turn that Tegan one. Well done. Uh, Tegan, uh, she she won Bart in episode three. Are we where, talking about the voice? or No, Bollywood star. Bollywood star. Bollywood star. Episode three, uh, they, they go to India and... Uh, and they start auditioning for uh, Indian producers, and th- the aim is to to you know finally be in a Bollywood Bollywood film. Uh, they start doing all these uh, all these acting classes and have all these challenges, but they're also introduced to Indian life and and what life is like in India. And Tegan, who I believe is is from Queensland, uh, has seen. Nothing like the poverty that she sees on the streets in India and thinks that she has come up with a solution. Wouldn't it be lovely if you could come over here and just give everyone, you know, like a beanbag? I mean, how cheap are beanbags? And just then they've got something to sit on and lie on, you know, not just the concrete. And, you know, a whole family could fit on a beanbag if they wanted to. It's just so simple, you know. I'm slightly in love with Tegan now. I think that is awesome. Are you going to mock this girl for her beanbags for the world? It's just so simple, Josh. It's so simple. So simple. I'll have something to sit on and lie on. A whole family. But I think that is it's beautiful. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm torn. I'm torn. Because, I'm genuinely moved. Because the, the naivety is, is, is fantastic. Uh, and, and at the same time... Beanbags is such a short-term solution. But my thing because, is because you know the, the beans the beans collapse after a while, and then you just got like fabric, lumpy fabric. Yeah, but even then, they had nothing. You know, they've got even yeah you know, a beanbag. Yeah, I mean, my thing is like yeah yeah you're going to say like food, sanitation, education. You know, destroying a, a, a centuries-old oppression-based tier system of class. But I'm going to say a beanbag still better than not having a beanbag. <laughs> I, I need, now need to know more about the beanbags. Are they corduroy or are they vinyl? Oh, God. See, no, no. Tegan's got a straightforward plan to help people, and it's beanbags. And your bloody latte-sipping zone one <laughs> ways with your kind of, oh, let's mock Tegan because she wants to give beanbags to poor people. No, no, it's, 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 it's straightforward, it's upfront, and it's probably cost-effective. I say cost effective. I don't know what the effect is, but it's, you know, it's it's not. You know, it's not as bad as trying to fix stuff. <laughs> Beanbags a lot cheaper than the actual solution. If you watch one thing, So this is probably a good time to uh, to mention that we're going to be on break for a few weeks uh, from from box cutters. Yeah, so you can't watch us. So you can't you can't watch. Well, you couldn't watch us anyway. I know, but, uh, but uh, so we're going to be on break for a, a few weeks. I'm going to spend a lot of time catching up on things that I've bought on uh, on DVD box sets. Nice, and uh, and haven't had a chance to to watch yet. So, uh, what is that? There's. Uh, oh, the straights! So I, find, I bought the straights on uh, on DVD. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, to watching that. I bought this show called Outland. Uh, can't wait to see what the DVD yeah, extras are. Is that all right? Uh, Excellent extras. It's, I look. I don't think they're going to make a second series of it, so I'm not going to get too invested in it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, no. no. Uh, the uh, so so there's that. I've got a whole lot of Twilight Zone to watch. Uh, I've got. Uh, so so much, so much that needs to be watched. Plus, uh, things like Suburgatory and uh, shows that up all really, night, really enjoyable. That I just, I just need to catch up on. We never so, mentioned Suburgatory. Right? I know, I know. Yeah. Also, uh, trying to uh, watch the entire first season of uh, that show about the woman with the terrorist, the my so-called life uh, chasing a terrorist. Yep, Homeland. Homeland. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin chasing terrorists. Home Alone Land. Yeah. Home Alone Land. 
Uh, I'm going to do pull a Brett and tell us stuff by saying I'm not going to be watching. Uh, Sunday, 1st of July on ABC News 24 at 9 p.m. Is this not your selection? Or 9.30 p.m. This is not my selection. No. I don't even have the energy to argue. I've, with I've misread it. I, I, uh, I mentioned eight things. Big Ideas. Um, Big Ideas is a show which films people talking at events. You can watch me talking at the <gasps> Emerging Writers Festival about writing cross genres. Uh, I don't know how much of my five minute is talk that, is in there, but you know. is that when you write a man genre but it looks like a lady genre? Hey, that's where I start by saying I don't know why I'm here. That's pretty much the one. I'm not, I expect to be on some other like panel. Well, I'm hoping so. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm here and I'm talking first. Whatevs. The the deaf puppeteer woman will be on soon, so you know. Yes, true. Um, so the one she's she's deaf or the puppet she, she, for the deaf. She's deaf. She's deaf, uh-huh. and she, she was actually quite lovely. Um, so that's why I won't be watching. I'm on ABC News 24. I think that itself is bizarre. Sorry. I, I, I started thinking about the deaf puppet's ear. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of deaf puppeteer, you said deaf puppeteer. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, I started playing word games by myself. She does deaf puppets for the blind. Uh, so what I will be watching, though, is on Sunday the 1st of July on ABC One, Sporting Nation. And I've forgotten to write, write down the time, but Sporting Nation Eight is... Eight o'clock? Is this, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm still a bit bewildered why this hasn't been plastered everywhere. It's a three-part documentary series about sport hosted by John Clark. Why would anyone not be watching that? And What, what, mm-hmm. sh- what channel is it on? On ABC. ABC One. And, uh, the most mysterious of the ABCs. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah. Why hasn't why hasn't it been plastered all over everywhere? I will ask you again. What uh, channel is it on? And I will also say disclaimer: it's the same producer as Outland as well, Andrea Denham. So I, I just she's probably just weeping now. Why were they telling all my shows are on? But it is amazing. I watched the first uh, episode the other night. It's really good. So Sporting Nation. And you don't even like sport. No, that's the thing. I don't like sport. My partner Chris doesn't like sport. I got to the end and he because he's a Kiwi and he went. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a kiwi, but you you put your hand down like he's short. <laughs> he's just tall. But kiwi's tiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's from Middle Earth. Hobbits. It, it came to the end, and he went, "Well, that was quite interesting." I was like, "Steady on, New Zealander." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a New Zealander, it's like wetting yourself in public or something. So it, even if you don't, John like Clark. Sport, John Clark is also a New Zealander. John Clark, uh, but he keeps saying we though, like he's one of us. Uh, it, well, it, we claim him because he's very talented. But it, it is really it. interesting because it's all about not just sporting events but the psychology of Australia and sport and what ah. we what we were doing and what we got our sport and the episode coming up is the one where we go to an Olympics and we win no medals so I'm really interested to see what happens there oh thanks for the spoiler Brett <laughs> if you're going to watch one thing this week what would it be well given that uh, we we have the break coming up um, I I will continue with uh, my my gorging on uh Something that was on your your uh, greatest. It, yeah, it was. It was. TV it was on. Thing? It was on my my list for uh, list, for Golden I, Age of Television, the I Canadian show, and again with with Canada, uh, the newsroom. Uh, Ken Finkelman's. In fact, uh, newsroom. Newsroom. It's called newsroom, not to be confused with the newsroom, which uh, has been written by some. Some guy from Hollywood. I'm not familiar with his the work. newsroom, starring Jeff Daniels, written by Aaron Sorkin, not, and I'd... premiered on HBO on what Sunday. And this? I watched the first episode today, and it rocks. What else is oh, this? Aaron Sorkin done because the media What's... has been mean. Um, um, did he do American Beauty? Did uh, Dave didn't Six he? Feet Under? No. Uh, the, oh, that's right. The Moneyball. Game. He did Moneyball. Definitely did Moneyball. Mm. That one he really did. Yeah. No, no, that was the Social Network. He didn't do Moneyball. He did do Moneyball. Did he write Moneyball? <laughs> yeah. Aaron Sorkin wrote Moneyball. Yeah. It's a bit disappointing work from Aaron Sorkin. Um, <laughs> Studio oh, 60 on the oh, Sunset sorry, Strip. That's your standards. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah, that's mean. You know, you know, our, our good friend Lee Zachariah mm. really likes Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Like ironically? Or really? No, really. He really likes Studio 60 wow. on the Sunset Strip. Like he seemed like such a nice guy. <laughs> say, say that with more conviction, Brett. <laughs> no, I've, oh, I've learnt my lesson right. defending over the years. Oh, it, it is pretty indefensible. Trip. It's an excellent pilot. Like The first yeah. episode is yeah. great. Yes. As in, well as the West Wing, Aaron Sorkin. The West Wing. Yeah. Anyway, so Newsroom. You're going to be watching Ken Finkelman's Newsroom. You, sh- you should follow that no, up. I've finished all the episodes of Newsroom, and I will be following it up with The Newsroom. No, no. Oh. You, no, you should follow up Newsroom with more tears. Ken Finkelman's follow-up to 
uh, to that. Whether who, who wrote Flying High Two? Well, Airplane Two. Did he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the so more tears. <laughs> Uh, he kind of takes that same character, uh-huh. uh, but it goes to like bizarre places. Well, Newsrooms goes to bizarre places. Yeah, this so it Newsrooms just- is dealing with with a nuclear reactor meltdown. Um, it's dealing with a, a, an election campaign where the the news anchor actually gets assassinated. Yes, yes. And then, uh, and then we have another season after that where it's it's all just reset. But so when when's this from? Uh, 1996 massive, started. Massive break in between. In fact, right. uh, there were there was one season in '96, and then it came to 2004, around about then. Is it a drama or satire or what uh, is it? a little bit like Drop the Dead Donkey? Oh, okay. More Tears was already around in in 2004. Oh, really? But yeah, uh, it was actually around the same time as Drop the Dead Donkey, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, but so much better. It was on SBS here in Australia. Okay. Excellent, excellent series. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that as well. So much to watch. Hey, um, pod, cast, done. Pork, pork is, is on, the, on table. the table. I'm so tired. Can we just finish this now? Uh, just in pork, we should mention you can't August, watch August us. August 30. Yes, you should watch us at some point. It's, look, it says that thing you said last week, and I'm basically just joining my friends who listen to this. You know how you always say, oh, we were going to buy tickets and go and see you at Acme, and we didn't get around to it, it sold out? It always sells out. They've all sold out. Because so- we're br- this show notwithstanding... <laughs> We're really entertaining. So buy some tickets from Acme, August 30th, when TV goes mad or bonkers or falls over. Whatever, I can't remember whatever, what the title Whatever title they gave it, it's not the one that we gave them. Is it not? Okay. It's, yeah, it's kind of, it's close, but not quite. Anyway. The, uh, in fact, close, but not quite. Let's call it that. Yeah. Buy tickets for Live in the Studio, August 30 at Acme. You will see John and myself talking about television that started sensibly... And then just went a bit nutty from there. Yeah, it went mental. Either for the good or for the bad. We'll be showing both. Mm-hmm. And at least one clip that hopefully will make you cry. Uh, for at least John and I, uh, while we've been out and about over the in-between shows, uh, we I, I was at Community Cup on the weekend, and uh, it's always nice to get recognised by uh, by listeners. And um, I got voice recognised by listeners. I'd like to apologise to them because I freaked out a little bit because it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Did so, you just stop talking? So I would like, well, I kind of was like, oh, no, I, I don't know why I was I'm like, oh, it's weird. Because, yeah, it is, it is kind of... Being recognised by your voice is odd. Did you ask him what his favourite bit was? No, it was her. It was a couple, actually. They had oh, a baby. There you Lovely go. baby. Uh, no, but it was the a bit... A Boxcutter's baby? Like, box did they come together because they listened to Boxcutter's and then... I think we're the Barry White of podcasts. Yeah, no, they... Um, oh, yeah. And it was more the fact that they, they heard my voice and said, are you a box cutter? And I went, what? <laughs> What's <laughs> that? No, no, no knife. <laughs> you are. Your faces. So, um, yeah. So I'd like to apologise to those people for having freaked out. <laughs> but it's nice to know that at least two people and possibly a baby listen to us. And, and please go back to John and, and tell him it's okay. <laughs> if it's okay. Yeah. If you don't, forgive him. I understand. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 311. I want to say thanks very much to Tom Elliott for texting us that he was delayed on, <laughs> on the plane. Um, uh, un- unnamed airline kept him away from us and uh, being able to discuss the the many to's and fro's and comings and goings of uh, media stock holdings. I heard, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're upset now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brett was really, really, really excited that maybe Tom was going to talk about uh, all the general. I had, and I had so many, Stokes. so, so, many, so, so many, many questions. questions. Yeah. Thanks anyway, Tom. Uh, your your text message was uh, was much appreciated. Until next time. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Crumpley, a little bit husky this week. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next time. Same bad time, same bad channel. Oh, was that your Dalek? That was my, I was going to hit my Dalek in time with. Yeah, go on. It's like a cowbell. <laughs> and hey. <laughs> it is quite like a cowbell. <laughs> Terrors of the disco. The Daleks. <laughs> Let's be careful up there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. I've been trying to uh, to understand more about uh, uh, about this uh, Indian TV article that... Uh, that that I found, and basically, it What's comes down gift? to it, it comes down to there was an Indian TV show that uh, has been uh, looking at a, a news show, but really highly, like rating really really highly in India. Uh, a news show or a, a news news show? News show. Uh-huh. Uh, it kind of seems like a news show. It, it doesn't really explain it very well in this article, but it it does say that. Uh, it is it is serving to confront Indian people with uh, with what would otherwise be taboo topics like uh, on honor killings and and things like that in in India, which huge huge problems in India uh, and the ethics of the dowry system and and things like that is it is holding up a cult a, a, a mirror to a monocultural it, society. Isn't it, it seems. illegal now in India? Well, this the is the uh, it's. It's adding to public debate, unlike Q&A in Australia, which really doesn't add to public debate but does great things for Twitter. Uh, this show, which is called Satyamev Jayate, Truth Alone Prevails, please correct my pronunciation. Uh, I've never said any words in Hindi, ever. I think that's the first one, first two I've ever said. Truth Alone Prevails uh, is a, a show that has uh, actually served to fast-track not the showing of television shows like we have here in Australia, but laws, actually changing laws in India to outlaw things like the the, um, dowry system and things like that. Uh, It it really... Because it it just, it makes people, so many people so aware of it that they're... And then people are outraged about it and and it's, it's basically talking about something that is never spoken about in Indian culture. And it's. I, I think it's important to to realise that in a time when yeah we can whinge about oh who's owning which which network and uh, and how much of our own culture are we seeing on on television, TV still has the power to make huge changes. Mm-hmm. The the things that we fell in love with in in television that in the, in recent years I've kind of started to question. You know what? What is it that I love about television, and and is it still wor- worthy of my love? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's important to reevaluate these things every now and then. Uh, it can still have a huge impact on on people's lives. I think it's it's important to uh, to, to remember that, and also uh, you know that with great power comes great responsibility, or you know some other Spider Man <laughs> quote. <laughs> Q and A made me realize I don't want to see Mira Margulies doing Dickens ever again. I didn't want to see her doing Dickens ever. Was it, what, how, what? She did a bit of Dickens at the end of, of after. Uh, sort of, I'm gonna, they're uh, doing that weird sign up. Uh, yeah. Songs I, and. Like songs and stuff at the end. And she what? did a piece from her one woman show about Dickens after spending a lot of it whinging that Dickens isn't on the syllabus anymore. And and basically her and, and Barry Humphreys ignoring any question they were asked. And I just. Oh, what a horrible show. Now, is this the same, <laughs> is this the same woman who was. was just enthralled that Will I Am was a black man and and oh I, I may have missed that she on, did say on so, the Graham Norton show I do quite love Miriam Margulies so yeah I don't was she in Harry Potter uh, weren't they all <laughs> I don't know probably hi this is Pete Smith you've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.